I was having uh, lunch recently with a longtime friend of mine. I've known him for many years, a layman, and uh, we get together and over lunch and catch up. And so he was asking me how, how my transition from my last parish to this parish uh, was going. And I said it was going really well, at least from my perspective, and that I was enjoying myself. The parish is amazing. And I told him uh, just to be home at my home parish and uh, to be with all these people uh, that I, I felt like I you know, hit the lottery. Feel so lucky to be here and all that, and, and so we were talking and about that. Then he asked me, he says, "Now, uh, what are your plans?" And so well, my plan is just to kind of get to know everybody and enjoy the just all, all the wonderful things that are going on here, just to kind of get to know the parish a little bit. That's my my immediate plan. And he said, "But what about your long term plans? What about those? What are you going to do?" And I said, "Well, my my long term plan is just to." Uh, just kind of build on uh, just the great parish that's here and build on the success of my predecessors and all the good work that the people here are doing. And, and, and he said, no, what, more than that, though, what, what do you, what specifically? So my specific long-term plan is to make this parish like the, the, the most on-fire parish, the most incredible parish, the biggest parish, the number one parish, uh, you know, not just in, you know, in the area, but in the, like, in the whole world. I want this to like be the number one parish of all time. The most on fire parish. And, you know, why not swing for the fence, right? And uh, he says, well, why do you want to do that? And he says, well, because that's what I think the Lord would want any of us to do, right? And he goes, yes, so that's, that makes sense. That's a nice answer. And he goes, but specifically, why do you want to do that? I said, because that's what the people deserve. He goes, no. Dan, he goes, I know you. Why do you want to do that? And I said, well, all right, fine. <laughs> I said, well, there might be a, a little tiny piece of me uh, that wants to do it because it'll make me look good. You know? <laughs> there's a, like a part of me like, I, you know, that is like out of my pride. Like, you know, that, and, and so we, it, it, I, you know, he's totally calling me out, and, and that's good. Uh, but we, and we talked about it, and I said, isn't it great that the Lord can even use uh, my pride, my mixed motives to maybe do something really wonderful. And, and, and our brothers and sisters, maybe that's what we can talk about a little bit this morning is we all have mixed motives, don't we? And anything important and good in our life that we attempt, don't we sometimes do it for a lot of different reasons? It isn't just this nice, pious answer, uh, well, this is what the Lord wants me to do. That's always true. But beyond that, can't, doesn't the Lord understand us and know us in a way that he can say, all right, yeah, I know you're doing it for me, but I also know you're doing it for yourself. I know that you've got mixed motives. Nothing important that we do is good in our life is done with completely pure motives. We all have mixed motivations. And stop pretending that you don't. And just let the Lord have a conversation with you. You can smile about it. He can laugh at you and say, yeah, I know. All right, Lord. But I know that you're going to use even this. You can use even this. Look, for example, you know, you with kids, and you pour your life into, into these children. It's, it's what you do. And somebody could say, well, why are you doing that? It was because that's my vocation. That's what the Lord wants me to do. He wants me to give everything for the life of the family that is given to me. Yes, that's a great answer. But push it. Why are you doing what you do? Because... Not just that the Lord wants me to do it, my kids need me to do it, but there's also a part of you that says, all right, when my 
son or daughter has a great accomplishment. They excel at sports, they do well on tests, they get accepted to, uh, you know, a great college, or they get a good job, or they have, you know, this beautiful spouse, and they have these awesome, I have these awesome grandchildren. Isn't there like a, a small party that says, I did that, that's me, right? The Lord can use it. He can use your mixed motivations. It's all fine, you know, and uh, don't pretend that it's any different. Here's the, this, this great gospel. We've heard it a million times, but you're invited to this banquet too, by the way. You're present. And you're there at the table with Jesus and the Pharisees. And so he's telling this parable to you as well. I mean, even the reason for the dinner is a mixed motive. And they say, all right, I'm having this guy who's well-known in the area and people are flocking to him and he's interesting and he heals people. I want him at my table. Sure. But what's their real motivation is that they want to watch him. They want to observe him because they, they're threatened by him. So even the reason for a dinner with the Lord is a mixed motive. And he, and he understands it. He's not, he's not blind to it. And so he says, you folks, I, I know what's going on. Let me tell you, let me tell you this, this parable. Pretend you're at a wedding. And you've, you, know, you finish with a cocktail hour and they're calling you into the... Into the into the place where you're going to eat. You walk in, there's this big long table, a rectangular table. There's no place cards around to tell you where to sit. It's every man or woman for himself or herself. Where are you going to sit? I know where I want to sit, but where are you going to sit? And because and this describes the Pharisees, these people that are eating with Jesus, they're used to going and taking the big places, the, the place that makes them look good. He says, and Jesus says, no, you guys, and these, these Pharisees are master manipulators and schemers and, 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 and all this. They're, they all know the deal. They're always working to get the angle. So Jesus goes right at it. He says, you guys, you, you like to do this. Think about this. When you get into the dining room, don't go and sit at the place you usually do. Go and sit at the low place. Go sit at the kids' table out in the hallway. <laughs> And, and, and the master is going to come and say, hey, what are you doing out here? Come up here. So when you do that, people are going to look at you and say, well, first of all, they're humble. But secondly, look at the place they got. And the scribes and Pharisees, or the Pharisees are just like, their wheels are turning. This, you know, they're they're the, the schemers, and they're like all over this. This is a great plan. I'm going to do that. But then all of a sudden they think, hey, wait a minute. I've never taken the lowest place in my life. People are going to look at me and say, what are you doing at the kids' table? You never sat there before. You're only doing that because you know that you're going to get up here. So they stop, and they shut up, and they don't say anything else because they know the Lord's got them. He sees right through their pretenses. And, he's, and to push it one, one step further, he says, let's say you're, you know, you're, you're inviting people to a wedding, and we're like the same way. Who do we invite to weddings? The people that are family, our friends, people who invite us to their wedding, we invite them to ours. We're the same way. And so he appeals to you know, the, this, this, this way of thought to the, to the Pharisees and the people there and us here. And he says, instead of doing that, why don't you go on, pick up the, the beggar on the street, pick up this blind person, this lame person, this deaf person, this person with no friends and no place to go. Pick them. They're not going to repay you. And, and the, scribe, the Pharisees are saying, oh, this is a great idea. I can do that. I'll invite these people who can't repay me. And people look at that and say, aren't they awesome? But then they realize, wait a minute, because they're always one step ahead and they're scheming. They say, wait, if I do that, people are going to say, I've never invited somebody 
like that to, a, to my house in my life. I've never invited a poor person to eat with me. I've never invited somebody who, who didn't have any place to go. I've never invited somebody who couldn't pay me back. I've, and, and so they realize he's got us. They shut up. They don't say anything because he, he's called them out. He's holding a mirror up to them and to us because we've all got mixed motives. We all do things for different reasons. And he understands that he can work. He's not a, he, he went to this house. He knows the deal of the Pharisees. He knows their hypocrisy. He knows their mixed motive. Yet he still goes to their house because he loves them. He might not like what they're doing, but he loves them and he wants to help them. So he's showing them a mirror. He's calling them out. He's saying, don't you get it? I'll, I'll work with this, this pride of yours. I'll work with this hypocrisy. I'll work with your mixed motives. But you've got to at least invite me to your table. You've got to at least have this conversation with me. You've got to at least give me an opportunity to enter into, into your funny way of doing things. I'll heal it. But give me, give me a chance. Don't pretend like you, you, you're better than anybody else. At least acknowledge your weakness so that I can get to it. So there he is. That's what he's doing with us today. Here's the thing. Here's the truth. All of us here, we've been invited to this, to this party today. We've been invited to this wedding banquet today. We've invited by the bridegroom his, to be here today at this wedding, because that's what the Mass is, it's the wedding feast. We've been invited. And guess what? We're all in the low place. We're the, we're the ones who are, are poor and blind and lame and, and deaf. We're spiritually poor. We're spiritually lame. We're spiritually blind. We're spiritually deaf. We are in the low place. And we've been invited by the bridegroom to a party that we're never, ever going to be able to pay back. There's not one thing we can do in our life to earn this, this meal that we're about to receive. Not one thing. And yet here we are. He knows all about us, and he loves you. He's still inviting you today with all our funny way of doing things. All the little games we play, he still wants us here because this is how he's going to heal us. This is how he's going to take us in all our mess and, and, and make us into the saints he wants us to be. You came. You were invited and you came. You did everything you were supposed to do. You can't pay it back. You're in the low place. And what's he going to do? He's going to call you up to the high place. From our loneliness, he's calling us up to the banquet table. He's calling us to the altar. He's calling us to this place where there's always room for one more person. There's always one empty chair, and it's for you. You just have to say yes. You just have to say amen. You just got to let the bridegroom embrace you and love you and marry you and make us his bride, the church. And here you are. Here we are. Isn't it awesome? Nothing you can do to earn it. Just show up. Jesus, you know, in, 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 in Hebrews, Paul's reading, he's, they start out with the blood of Abel, the blood of the animal sacrifices, the sin, they're out in the desert, they're at, they're at Sinai, they're in the punishment sacrifices, they're in the punishment temple, the punishment priesthood, but that's not, that's where it starts, that's not where it ends. It ends and it begins here at this altar. This is the, the this is the, the, the new temple, the new sacrifice, the blood of the cross, which brings us all into the family. This is it. This is the new Jerusalem. This is the heavenly inheritance. This is where it begins, and this is where we are. Now, because Jesus came and, and paid a debt he did not owe, because we owe a debt we cannot pay. 
Amen? So, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and we shall be healed.